What's up, homies? Roshane here. Just wanted to let you guys know that last week we did a collaboration episode with another podcast called Girl That's Scary. Now, we were covering the show Masters of Horror, which, if you haven't seen it, is a very wild show. But we also had a very fun and insightful conversation about it. So if you want to check that out, please go look up Girl That's Scary, give them a like, and without further ado, let's get on to this week's episode. What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roche. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. And this week's movie was, I'm kind of excited about because it was a, an Instagram pick. And we, so basically, if you guys follow us on Instagram, then you may have seen us do a poll in our story and we just asked you guys to pick a movie for us to do we wanted to do a pride pick that featured lgbtqia plus characters as the main characters or the main protagonists so the two of us narrowed it down to well we 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 got it down to three Mm -hmm. movies that neither one of us had seen before right yeah, no, I, I hadn't seen any on this list. Okay, cool. That's what I thought. So, yeah, neither one of us had seen. And then we gave you, homies, the chance to pick for us. And so what we're talking about today is the movie that you guys picked. And that is Spiral. Not the Book of Saw. This is Spiral 2019. I hope when people were voting, they realized. I really thought about that. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) That was something that was on my mind. It's like, I wonder how many people were just like scrolling and they saw Spiral. They were like instantly, Spiral, Spiral. I I mean, I I did put 2019 in parentheses next to it. And if they read like the the preface that I had before the poll, then they Mm -hmm. should know. But I I was wondering. Well, can I ask you, when you are perusing through your Instagram stories, do you read every single bit of the stories, Erica? I do. Okay. All right. But I realize that's not like, (laughs) that's like a me thing. I realize not everybody does that because sometimes it's like a lot to read well Um, i mean whether or not they read doesn't matter because this is what you picked homies because this This was your choice we do win it but i do want to say if you guys picked one of the other choices and you were really hoping that we were going to talk about that don't fret we will be covering those movies in the future because i know both of us were really interested in also checking those out that's why we had them in our top three so don't worry we'll we'll cover them eventually um but yeah this is what we are focusing on today but before we get into that it's time for my shout out go ahead shout it out 
Okay, so today I am shouting out the podcast Horror Cult Trash Other. So this is a podcast um, that I've been listening to for a while. If Obviously from their name, they cover horror movies. They cover movies that are considered cult classics. And then for their trash, it's usually movies that are like so bad they're good. Like movies that are still enjoyable, but they're not good movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's really, really fun hearing them talk about these movies. They go through the like the whole plot. It's fun to just hear them break it down and discuss the bonkers stuff that happens in these movies. Um, one of my favorite episodes and the one that I actually discovered them through was they did an episode on the movie From Justin to Kelly. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Mm-mm, that does not sound familiar. Okay. Well, From Justin to Kelly used to be, I mean, it still kind of is like a guilty pleasure movie of mine because my parents bought it for me on DVD. Mm-hmm. And it was Kelly Clarkson. Like I'm after sold. she <laughs> after she got off of American Idol, her and the runner up of that season, Justin, I can't remember what his last name is. They were in a movie. They like put them in a movie together as like the a, a rom. It's a musical rom com. Okay. Yes, but you know what's interesting about it? So it has Anika Noni Rose is in it, who's the voice of Tiana. That's like one of the very first things that I ever saw her in. And she's the best part of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I discovered them through that episode. So if you homies are interested in that movie, that's a great place to start. Um, but also, yeah, go check them out. Uh, they have a ton of episodes. And I am sure they have covered a movie that you would be interested in. So, as always, please go check them out. If you like them, let them know and tell them that the homie said what's it. Can I admit something to you for a please moment? Do. It was mm-hmm. only just a couple months ago, and this is real, only a few months ago did I realize that Kelly Clarkson actually had her own daytime TV show. Had no idea. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. I had zero clue. I was like, vis- last time I visited home, like where I was just watching cable TV, which is feels kind of foreign to say these days. And I was flipping through the channel. I was like, holy shit, that's Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, she does. I don't know how long she's been doing it. I think it's like fairly recent. When I say fairly recent, I mean like recent years. But yeah, she's she's doing it. She's on the couch. She got the microphone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for her. Go ahead, girl. Yeah, do it, Kelly. <laughs> I We love to see it. Do we? No, we do. Uh, we love to see it. <laughs> I love the mini confusion. Like, hmm. Do we? Uh, is there something about Kelly Clarkson? I don't know. No, no. There, there's just a lot. There's just a lot of talk shows. Like, that, mm-hmm. there's a lot of them, and they are not all equal. Um, well, no. the 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 fifteen minutes that I um, side watched was quite nice. Uh, very... She's a pleasant person. She seems like a very pleasant person. Yeah, it was very relaxed vibes. I wasn't like glued to my TV screen, but I did not click away for a mm-hmm. solid twenty minutes. So yeah, so homies, go check out the Kelly Clarkson show. <laughs> if you like it, let her know. Tell her the homies. <laughs> 
Um, but all right, without any further business to attend to, um, are you ready to talk about Spiral 2019? I think I am. So, homies, as you know, we are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But as Erica said, we were talking about the 2019 Spiral, not to be confused with Spiral from the Book of Saw that released this year. You should have read the title. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And this one's directed by Curtis David Harder, starring Jeffrey Boyer Chapman as Malik, Ari Cohen as Aaron, and Jennifer Laporte as Kayla. Despite a traumatizing past, Malik is set on a new life in a new neighborhood with his partner, Aaron. Things seem all and well at first as Malik and Aaron get settled in with their daughter, Kayla. However, Malik notices strange behavior from his friendly new neighbors. Not too long after, a string of break-ins at his house and the death of an old man in the neighborhood send Malik spiraling down a dark path as he searches for answers while barely maintaining his sanity. Insert 1990s computers, all-white campfires, and ghostly warnings here. Our film concludes with Malik uncovering the truth of his new neighborhood for better or for worse. Also, now that's what I call the greatest 80s dance hits. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yes. mm-hmm. what's in your notebook? Uh, the first note that I have here was actually a reference note that we are starting the film in November of 1983. As we get like a mini bit of backstory here with one of the main characters, Malik. So, I mean, the movie from the get-go establishes, like, hey, um, you know, Malik is in a gay relationship at the time, and then something happens, and I feel like we're led to believe that this is a violent something that happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> so, that, my first note was also 1983, oh no, because, yeah, yeah we, we see him, and he is... In parked in him and his boyfriend are parked in a parking lot. They're making out in one of their cars. We're not sure whose car it is, but mm-hmm. they're making out. And then you just see headlights coming up. And I feel like, first of all, it's the '80s, which is not to say that things like this don't happen now because they 100% do. And that is something that I think is interesting about this movie. Is uh, so this is like not in our in our present. It jumps from the 80s to the 90s. The closest that we get to modern times is in the end. It's 2005. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the things that happen in this movie, I mean, despite us being in 2021, they're not, you know, things like this still happen. And they are not out of the realm of possibility in our present day. But I think specifically knowing that it was the 80s, as soon as those headlights rolled up, I... Immediately in my head, I, I said hate crime. I, I mean, <laughs> you, you know knew. what? I, it's yeah, just one of those. Knew. It's just one of those things. You see a, a you know a happy, happy gay couple making out in their car, and then headlights pull up and just like 
go straight for the car. I mean, you know, I, I feel like at this point in time, it's just, it's bad news. Right. It's bad news. Because either it's the cops to be like, you can't make out here. Or it's, yeah, it's people who, you know, are going to be violent, which they are. Mm-hmm. So it's a big opening. Hot. We yeah. open hot. <laughs> we we open quite hot. And I, 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 you brought up an interesting thing. I do think it was an interesting choice for a movie that was released in 2019, um, specifically on this subject matter to be taking place in like the mid 80s to the mid uh, 90s, mm-hmm. because it it it's just interesting to kind of go back in time. You know, we I think a lot of times we spend a lot of a lot of current days in the present and where we are in terms of people's rights and like beliefs and everything like that. And so we have, I feel like this collective sensibility, at least most of us do about how you should treat people. And so I think it's a bold, but smart choice to kind of reverse the clock a little bit as like a reminder to, it wasn't very long ago that things were this sketchy for a lot of people. And it's just like, it's one of those reminder things that pops in. You're just like, hey, the things that people are fighting for today in 2021 uh, is not too long ago where people died for these same things. So it's like. Right, right. And it's like, and, and people are still, you know, but and and I think it was smart with the story that they are trying to tell in this movie. I think it is smart to go back in time because if you st- starting in the 80s, like they do. You know, that is really the, especially particularly in 1983, we're starting to get into uh, like the AIDS paranoia and people, you know, the stigmatization of that and that becoming more of a thing on people's radar. And then mm-hmm. we flash forward to the 90s. I mean, even in the 90s, there was still this huge, because um, I, I, I believe Clinton, Clinton is president in the 90s? Clinton? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about who's the president? Bill Clinton. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what did sorry. you think I said? No, I thought I, I. For some reason, I heard like like cousin or something. I was like, someone's cousin was in this movie named um, Clinton. My cousin was president <laughs> in the '90s. Um, we all have a cousin named Clinton. Am I right? <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Even if you don't know you have a cousin named Clinton, you probably have a cousin named Clinton somewhere along the line. Um, but yeah, so even in the '90s, I mean, there is still a lot of you know anti-gay politics and policies and so i i think for what they were wanting to say in this movie mm-hmm. that having it set in that time particularly with um our characters for malik immediately you know him feeling more on guard not just because of his past but just because of the way things are I think it reads very well in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. So I liked that. I Because I, for some reason, I, I guess I just assumed it would be set in present time. But I actually prefer, I don't prefer it, but I do like that it wasn't. I think it's an interesting lens. Yeah, it's a, it. it, it's, not, it's not a bad choice. Um, I, I liked it. It did work for me. I did have some feelings about the actual flashback itself that will, you know, will come into conversation later on because we do okay. get this, we do go back to this flashback quite a couple times throughout the movie. Um, mm-hmm. So a little bit later on, we'll talk about that. But from the beginning of that flashback, then we jump forward to 1995 where we're present day, right, with Malik 
his new current boyfriend, Aaron, and then their teenage daughter, uh, Kayla. I believe they're, they're married. Are they or are they married at this point? Mm, I think so. Oh, yeah. I... No, they're right. You're right. Yes, they are yeah. married. They're married yeah. by this point. Um, so they're married, and then they're moving into a new home in this new neighborhood. And that's kind of standard, right? Standard mm-hmm. fare. You come into a new neighborhood. Everybody's friendly, but you know everybody's probably got a body in their basement or something like that. Mm-hmm. You don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. They. It's definitely giving off the burbs kind of thing where you're like, ah, am I living next door to a serial killer? Or are we cool? Like, or is everything, you know, on the up and up? Because they get there and... So immediately, we kind of have this dynamic between the two of them. And the two of them, I mean Malik and Aaron. In the sense of Malik, it, well, they both are from the city. But it seems like Malik uh, was in New York. He was kind of living that big city life. He was kind of, you know, living that party out every night, do it up life. And Aaron, mm-hmm. on the other side of things, was married. He had a kid. He had more of like a family settled down life. Yeah. And so now they're moving out to a con- the country. It's not really the country, but that's the way that it feels to Malik, right? It's like yeah. I went from the city and now I'm in like. So like middle America burbs kind of. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we ever get exactly where we are, do we? Um, I don't think so. I don't think they ever put like a state on it. Okay. But yeah, they they're moving out there now, and so I think straight off of the bat, I think this is more out of Malik's element mm-hmm. than it is. Oh, for, for sure. Aaron at all. Aaron I mean, he... Aaron fits right in. He's a he's a puzzle piece to the proper puzzle. He's. He yeah. got in there and got along with everybody immediately. He was dancing through the streets immediately because he he's like he does that thing where he's like, "Do you hear that silence?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god!" It's like that thing that every dad does when you go out camping. Mm-hmm. You're like, "Ah, no lights, miles around, no noise, no pollution," and you're like, "Okay." like relax we're not on the Oregon trail like right you could have just been like it's quiet my guy yeah yeah but so Aaron is just thriving almost immediately um and Malik obviously is happy to be there for his mm-hmm. family but yeah it's just not what he is comfortable with I do I do like their family dynamic though, which we do establish in that first scene when he does his little silence joke. I enjoy that <laughs> you can tell that Kayla's kind of in a weird spot, right? Because like she's no longer in the family with her mom and her dad. Now she's got two dads in a completely different town. And you can tell like she's in that like ang- angsty teenage adjusting um area, but she's still clearly cares about both of them and mm-hmm. i like that they kind of had this little like friendship dynamic where like e- even that scene kind of felt like they were having like a mini little slumber party just hanging out and like kind of shooting the shit um mm-hmm. i actually really love the like repertoire between kayla and malik i i like I their agree. yeah i like their dynamic a lot actually um i think it's very fun very playful and like i enjoyed watching it throughout the movie yeah, I, I think it's really sweet the way that they are with each other. They get along 
really well and and obviously they have their moments because yeah she's still a teenager not only is she just a teenager but like her she's left her boyfriend in the city even though it seems like she moves on kind of quick right um she she's upset because like her boyfriend and you know probably all of her friends are back in the city her mom is apparently a wall doing coke in costa rica is like <laughs> the way that it, they frame it um so yeah, it's like there's just a lot of changes going on in her life and she is having to like, you know, adjust to all that and not only that, but she's a senior. Or wait. I thought they said she was a senior, but then later she's celebrating her 16th birthday. Hmm. All right. <laughs> uh we might have to i might have to check back on that because <laughs> maybe i was wrong but yeah regardless she's in high school mm-hmm. uh she is you know trying to adjust to these things but despite all of that yeah they they actually have a very nice relationship they obviously get along in in some way and i think that malik kind of gives her what her father can't like i i feel like she feels more comfortable confiding and Malik and talking more openly with him than she does with her father, which is understandable, you know, that I feel like, you know, some people just aren't comfortable talking about that kind of stuff with their dads, especially because a lot of the time she's talking about more sexual things, and Malik doesn't always shut her down. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they have a cool little cool little bond and he calls her booger which like missed me with that i'd be really <laughs> upset if that was somebody's nickname for me i mean i guess it's cute but mm-hmm. but <laughs> i mean they've they've got they've got that and then you know we're we get a little i, I did write down i liked the little kitchen scene that we had but it was mostly for uh, uh the wine spill <laughs> oh. No, not the wine spill. Um, the shot, the actual way it was shot. I love the like little split shot that we got of like I think someone it was Malik maybe was in the kitchen and it was one of those kitchens that had like a square like little outcropping so you could see Malik. But then you had um, Aaron kind of like in the hallway area. I just love the way that that shot was set up and I thought like throughout this movie, it's a very pretty movie all things considered. Like I think it yeah. was shot very well. Um, so a lot of that shooting style, I think, aids to the actual, I guess, the vibe of this film, because this is very much like a psychological thriller horror. So a lot of the creepiness and the terror that you find throughout this movie comes from the imagery that we get. Um, and I do think they do a pretty good job of setting those up throughout. Um, one scene that comes not too much after that is I think like the next morning, when, like, Malik is, like, just going out about in the neighborhood. And I wrote down, well, if this isn't what saying good morning to your white neighbors is like as a gay black man, I don't know what is. Because he was getting nothing but side eye. He was like, okay, well, you know. Yeah. I tried the whole being nice thing. He got curved pretty hard. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. And I think that's the thing is Malik... Because we establish with him that he is, uh, he works from home. And so he spends a lot more time in, in the neighborhood and kind of surveying his neighbors than Aaron does. And so Malik is just clocking these really strange moments. And yeah, this is kind of the first weird one. But at the same time, I'm sure to him, it's not that strange. Yeah. Like it's, it's, 
obviously frustrating and dehumanizing and demeaning to say hello to someone and have them completely ignore you. Not only just ignore you, but just like completely do an about face and walk away without saying anything. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, it's like uh, we've already established about Malik that he has been out for a good chunk of his life and that he is very aware that there are a lot of people that are not accepting of that. So he, it's one of those things where it's not weird enough for that to like set off alarm bells, but it's enough for him to know that this neighborhood is not as accepting as you would hope. And I mean, not only being like the gay couple that are now in town, like being the only black person in the area, I'm sure it's got to have that get out syndrome on Malik as well, where he's just always kind of tense and looking over Mm -hmm. his shoulder because it's like, that's one of those things is like being black is already hard. Being gay and black, that's just like, it's double the trouble um, for a lot of people. And so it unfortunately causes people like Malik to put a big guard up because you kind of have to it's dangerous not to yeah it's and yeah because they're in an interracial relationship which is also a little bit of a it's touched on a little bit in this what later on when he is called the gardener um right i was like oh (laughs) you you better hope malik didn't hear that shit (laughs) yeah but oh wait i guess he Aaron doesn't tell him that she said that does he I don't think so. No, she cor- he corrects her. That but then he invites Malik over and like, yeah, but Malik comes over and then Malik makes sure to uh, showcase like, uh, "Ladies, my man, you best back up." Yeah, because she's like, "I brought you a plant." It's like, "Oh, thank you. Thanks for bringing me something I have to take care of." Can you <laughs> okay. <muffins? laughs> bye bye now. Bye bye. Bye bye, Tiffany. Bye. Is that her name? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> um. So, so yeah, so we get our first glimpse into the fact that things are a little bit off. And this is another thing that, so the relationship between Aaron and Malik, I think has a lot of layers to it, which mm-hmm. I enjoy. Um, but this is another layer is not only do they, did they have kind of a different dynamic or different lifestyles beforehand, um, Aaron is kind of, cause even Kayla says to Malik, oh, what, are you going to spend my dad's money? And they almost imply that, cause Malik is a writer, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, every, they obviously have a joint account because that comes into play later. Yeah. But they imply that like, you know, Malik can't make his own money and that he, and that Aaron is like the breadwinner and he makes all the money. And then Malik is just kind of like. It's almost like they they act like he is doing nothing mm-hmm. with his day. But no, he he's working. He's he's, yeah, he's working. He's taking care of the house. He's spending time with Kayla like yeah. he's still actively doing things throughout the day. Yeah. And and even if he wasn't, like say he had almost like a, a stay-at-home dad role, like that's fucking work, dude. Like, yeah. It really yeah, is. pay me. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. I am going to spend your dad's money. <laughs> you damn right. <laughs> But I mean, okay, well, on that topic of him spending the money, though, it's like, it's not like he spent it for bad reason, per se, because very early into their time here in this neighborhood, they get a break in where somebody comes into their house and writes the F slur in big red on mm-hmm. one of their walls. Yeah. To which I did find it interesting that Malik decided to keep that a secret. 
I was actually kind of surprised about that. Yeah, see, this is maybe one of my bigger complaints in this movie is I get frustrated with Malik because I don't understand why he doesn't share more with Aaron because I do think a lot of the conflict and the issues that arise between them later would not have been so serious if he had been sharing these little incidents all throughout the movie Mm -hmm. because he doesn't tell Aaron anything and so then when he find and by the time he finally does he's so everything is already so bad and he's so frazzled that he's not able to really lay out like yo this is what happened and this is what happened and this is why i think that like every when it finally comes out it just kind of seems like he is harboring some past experiences and like you know allowing that to kind of affect what's going on with him now rather than saying no dude like someone broke into our house yeah (laughs) like these things are happening i i was I was frustrated with him because, you know, it's one thing if that is a very, very traumatizing thing. And maybe that's never happened to Aaron before. So I could kind of understand Malik wanting to shield him from that and keep him safe. But at the same Mm. time, this is your safety. You know what I mean? Like someone was inside of your house. You don't have to tell him what they, you know, if you don't want that to be known. But tell him like, yo, I got home, someone had a slur on the wall, I covered it up with some paint, but somebody was in the house. And they stole our picture. Yeah, it was... Like... (laughs) That, specifically that moment, because it's like the first big egregious moment that we get, right? That, I agree, the point's kind of frustrating there, because, like, you spend a lot of this movie um, trying to piece together whether or not Malik is actually correct about the things that are happening, or whether or not he's kind of just losing his shit, right? And I, I don't know, dude. I feel like something as serious as a break-in to write a slur. In, like, it'd be one thing. Maybe it'd be one thing if it was on, like, the outside of the house, right? Um, Where it's like they didn't actually enter your home to do it, but they're just still trying to fuck with you. But the fact that somebody was in your house yeah. doing that, I would immediately, whoever I'm with, be like, yo, look at this shit. Like, yeah. we, gotta, we gotta get up out of here. This ain't, this ain't, this ain't right. Yeah, somebody was in here they were the call was coming from inside the house and not only that but you have a young daughter yeah. who is also living in this house so i think it's you know it's important to keep the keep her safe so everybody needs to know what's going on kayla should have known too you know what i mean mm-hmm. like she he should have just sat the family down and been like uh i hate to say it but i think we moved to the crime central of the usa you know like <laughs> something right but but yeah, it's an it's an issue that continues with Malik um, throughout this movie. And it's one of those things where you could almost look at Aaron and be frustrated with him because it's evident that he's not totally picking up on the fact that Malik is having a really hard time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Malik is withholding so much information and we find out later that this seems like it's a pattern for him to have issues with things it's it's one of those things i I can i understand where malik is coming from he has had a very traumatic past but at the same time i can kind of see where aaron's coming from um because his husband is not being honest with him like at all 
So and now it's it. yeah, and around this time we also get introduced to what I think is kind of the moral question that the movie's trying to explore is this idea of the traditional family unit, right? Because we hear that on repeat for like a good 60 seconds at one point in the movie. So it's kind of clear they're trying to hone that in. Um, that people believe, people have believed at least and probably still do, of this traditional family unit of a of a father, mother, and then kids has been like the platonic American family, yada, 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 yada. And clearly the family that we're following is different than that. And if I recall correctly, I think Malik is kind of writing a piece originally on somebody who kind of believed in the idea of the traditional family unit. I think that's how we got introduced to it, right? Like he was listening yeah, to excerpts doing, or something. Yeah, so he's ghostwriting a biography. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the guy that he is I think it was, it was like about. Dr. Darlson or something like that, I think was yeah. the doctor and, or something. Yeah, and he is the doctor that Darylson. helped set up a gay conversion camps. Mm. And so, yeah, that's who, who Malink is writing about. But I, it, it's if, if I'm correct, it doesn't seem like he knew that's who he was, right? Because he was outsourced. Since he was ghostwriting, he just got hired by someone and yeah, said, hey, it, write about this guy. It, it, yes. I don't think he picked this. It was, something that, it was a job that yeah. like got dropped onto him. Yeah, so he doesn't even really know what this guy is about. So, yeah, casually throughout the movie, uh, we cut back to him writing this story and he keeps getting more and more information from this guy um, that just keeps getting worse and worse. Um, yeah. So. Um, I mean, I feel like we as homies can collectively say, um, fuck the traditional family unit. Uh, live yeah. your life happy. Fuck that guy. I think we can say <laughs> fuck him. Um, and we can also say fuck Derek, Kayla's boyfriend. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> fuck him. But we'll we'll get into that. And a little bit. But we do we do meet him around this time, right? Who? It's like, Derek? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We meet him right now because Cool uh, guy smoking the cigarette by his car paid for by his parents' money. You know, oh wait, just, no, that's that's um Oh no that's, that's Tyler. That's, that's Tyler, okay. But also fuck Tyler. Also, fuck most yeah. of the men in this, <laughs> this movie, <laughs> to be honest. Uh no, Derek Derek is her her old boyfriend oh. that she talks on the phone with and he's like like obviously has no idea what he's talking about mm-hmm. um but thinks that he has knowledge yeah, at, yeah. at now, all also, about you know yeah also fuck Derek sorry um, yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck, fuck Tyler first but then Derek please proceed to get fucked um, yeah homies afterwards. if you will with us just take two seconds and put both your male fingers in the air so we can say fuck them all together <laughs> And a moment of so fuck much. you to all a bigotry. Of, <laughs> a of fuck you to all homophobia and bigotry. And back to your scheduled programming. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but also we do meet Tyler, who yeah, he's the cool bad boy smoking a cigarette, and he's like he like looks over at her in slow motion, and she <laughs> is turned on immediately. Um, she's all about it, and so the, this is where I was. I almost was like, oh, maybe does she not have a boyfriend? But uh, no, she does. She's just also very interested in Tyler. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we kind of get a second little story with Kayla because most of the most of our movie is focused on Malik and Malik and Aaron's relationship, but also Malik kind of trying to navigate what's going on. But every now and then we do switch over to Kayla and Tyler's kind of budding romance, um, which, you know, is is fine. <laughs> I know I know why. It, it's for a means to an end, right? Like right. We, it's necessary for the ending. Um, but I will say, I don't know if you felt like this. I just knew I mean, Tyler was always to me part of it. You know, he was always part of what was happening. Yeah. And so it, I didn't I mean, I guess when I we would go to them, I was just like, oh, I hope he doesn't hurt her right now or anything. But I wasn't yeah. invested at all because I knew he was part of the. Nah, yeah, I, I, I knew the whole neighborhood in some way, shape or form had to be a part of whatever the fuck was going on here. It definitely this movie definitely gave me those kind of vibes. Um, it was, it was kind of interesting with the old man, Mm -hmm. um, because like when we first start the movie, we got this old guy in the neighborhood who's like the main kind of source of bad vibes. I I would say from a week because like he's like he won't speak to him and he's just always just has this like far off look on his face every time uh, they seem to be within eye shot. Mm -hmm. But then at some point, this is after they have the break in and Malik's starting to get a little bit worried, installs a security system and this old man just kind of appears trying to, I think, was he in their house already or was he like still on the lawn? I don't fully remember. No, so he wasn't in their house. He was like on their porch peeking in, mm-hmm. like looking in through the door. So and was was this not was this before or after the collective neighborhood shimmy that they do? Was this This is before. This is before. This is pre shimmy. Yeah, they shimmy in celebration of his death. <laughs> <laughs> so this was pre shimmy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, pre shimmy, he's kind of snooping around our protagonist i guess house and he gets caught and then as malik catches him he starts like kind of acting weird you know he's like he doesn't remember anything but he's also he hands malik this piece of paper that's got nothing on it and he's like you gotta keep this don't lose this and don't tell anybody that i gave you this and malik's like uh cabra um all right Mm-hmm. But then... Malik's kind of like a ride or die, cause he, cause the old man is like, yeah, please don't tell anybody that I gave you this, blah 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 blah. And Malik doesn't, like he mm-hmm. holds true to his word. For how many tiny mistakes Malik, I think, makes in terms of like communication and whatnot, like he still got survival instinct. Like he definitely does. Where he's like, okay, there's some, there's some shit going on, and I'm gonna find out. And he's mm-hmm. very gung ho about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, so he has this interaction with the old man. And I think this is kind of when we first start laying out the building a mystery, you know, part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Because now we really have this idea of, oh, something's going on, something strange, and this old man is a part of it. And you kind of think he's like the ringleader at first, but then he's dead. And you're like, oh. Yeah, well, and that was the thing is, I I did appreciate that. Yeah, you kind of think, you keep seeing this old man absolutely staring daggers into Malik's soul. And so the whole time you're thinking that he's going to be a pretty big part of it. 
And then he ends up being the good part. Like, he ends up being almost someone, you know, somebody that is there on Malik's side trying to give him a heads up. Mm-hmm. Of course, when he gets the paper, it's blank. So it takes Malik, I mean, it takes him a while to figure out how to even read this paper. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I, I know why it had to be that way. I know why it had to be blank, but it sucks because it, it takes Malik like a week before he figures oh, out yeah. how to unscribe this <laughs> message. <laughs> it's like you're playing a video game. They hand you an item you're not going to use till the final boss. Or like, just keep this, yeah. hold on to it. It'll be useful later. Yeah. When they hand you a lockpick. And you're like, oh, great. Now I can open all the doors. And you go to the first door and they're like, you cannot use this item here. I guess basically what Malik is dealing with with this blank piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And then Um, a quick quick moment on the aforementioned uh, shimmy uh, when they're doing this weird like Midsommar hereditary shit in the old guy's house. It's like half the neighborhoods like surrounded around the table. Looks like they're doing, I don't know, what would you call what the Macarena. The Macarena. <laughs> <laughs> they're just doing. They're doing a rain dance to celebrate the death of this old. They're man. doing like a cottage core Macarena. <laughs> 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 but this shit's happening. It's like deep into the evening, and Malik, of course, um, manages to catch eyes on this, and then, oh, Malik. My guy, you're so smart, yet sometimes your choices, they, they, they upset me. They, they, they get me heated. Yeah, they puzzle me. They puzzle me. Because, of course, he wants evidence now because he's realizing that without evidence, it's going to be hard to convince Aaron that anything weird is happening because Aaron's at this point getting so settled into yeah. this neighborhood. So he decides to pick up his Polaroid camera and attempt to take a Polaroid picture of the activities that are happening across the street. Even though, even in 1990, we know that Polaroid cameras, they're going to flash, my guy. Like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do no flash if you're going to do a candid camera picture. Something, but also, why, if you're doing, oh, like, some kind of I'm so happy you're dead ritual, why why do you have all the lights on and your curtains are wide open. The entire wall is made of glass. It's not even a window. It's a wall, floor to ceiling of glass. And yeah, they're they're just dancing across from Malink and Aaron's house. Mm-hmm. And so part of me think is wondering if they wanted him to see or if that if was it... just another thing that they were trying to make him feel crazy about. Or if that was an act, because they do eventually close the curtains. And like, I don't know. If I, I was think... doing a ritual, I'd probably keep my curtains closed. <laughs> right. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, outside of us needing to see it for plot and to have that whole thing, you know, I'll say maybe they're not just not used to having, you know, outside Neighbors. people around. Like normally everybody's at the cottage core dance and they don't have to worry about these kind of things yeah that, that's true it's been a while i guess since it's been like 10 years since they had anybody live in that house apparently. Mm-hmm. So yeah they, they just forgot yeah so i mean all that happens we're starting to malik is really starting to try and crack the code here but he's also i feel like at the, it's around this point in time where we're starting to get weird um weird character development with Malik. First and foremost, we are at this point very introduced to this Liam that he keeps calling on the phone. 
who I that those phone calls I was very sus about since the beginning. I knew, I knew it was him. Mm-hmm. I knew it was the dead ex boyfriend mm-hmm. from the first call. Unfortunately, yeah. um, which I like. Don't get me wrong, I liked that at you know idea of him not being able to let go of that and not being able and and almost using Liam as a way to cope through all of this stress. Mm-hmm. and trauma but that's one of those another one of those things where it's you know malik by all regards seems to be in a very happy loving fulfilling relationship for him but the person that he confides in is his dead ex-boyfriend and yeah. not his husband and so it does kind of seem like malik is having a really hard time moving on fully you know and, and completely letting go of the past yeah and so i i, I do I do think that's an ex- uh like a nice element to his character um and I did enjoy that aspect I guess it's just because I knew from that first phone call who Liam was yeah. um that you know every time he went back and they were kind of trying to like do the little reveal it didn't hit as hard for me yeah. as that and I think that, uh, that that probably leads into how I felt about the going back and post because it was very clear from the get that he was talking to the to his dead ex. But mm-hmm. the part that I did like is it's kind of nuanced whether how long he's been doing this because he has enough wherewithal to hide and go into the garage whenever he's made like he knows to make these calls in secret. This isn't something that he should be doing around other people. So he even he knows that what he's doing is is going to be off putting if people find out. But it's also off putting for us as we're watching the movie, because like we're noticing these strange things happening to Malik and his family. Yes. But we're also introduced to the idea that Malik's headspace is still kind of fucked up from what he experienced Mm -hmm. um, earlier. So it makes it it makes him a hard it makes him a hard to trust narrator because he's like giving us this information, but we're watching him kind of go through these mental hurdles himself. Right. Yeah. He's he's unreliable in some senses because we do find out early on that he is taking medication for something, Mm -hmm. and um, so it seems. Yeah, like he he definitely has some, you know, some things that he's still trying to work through. And it seems like before getting to Rusty Creek, he was doing a pretty good job of keeping a handle on things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, you do have to wonder, was he always talking to Liam or is this something that is popping up now because he's losing control. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we, we start to get that whole side yeah. aspect Which of it. I, I do think that portion is probably some of the most fun in this movie because all things outside of that one reveal being a little telegraphed, it was really hard to kind of guess who was right and who was wrong in this for a majority of the movie. Like you really want to believe Malik because he seems like he's coming from an earnest place, but there's a good portion of the movie where all the signs are pointing towards Malik is actually wrong and something else is going on. But they're, they they do a good job of sprinkling then some random weird shit that pulls you back into the, oh, okay, wait, maybe Malik's onto something. And like, it's this constant tug of war between like, do you believe Malik? Do you not believe him? Are these people crazy as fuck? Like, where... Where is the story going? And it definitely kept me in the dark. Like, I couldn't... I was really trying to place how things were going to end. And I do think I got, like, close 
and like the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. But from the moment to moment, I was never really sure where we were going next. Yeah, which was which was fun uh, and stressful. I got <laughs> really, I was getting really stressed out. But so one, uh, one other thing that's a little bit of a con for me comes from uh, one of the next scenes coming up, which is when Tyler and Kayla are talking like out on a bridge. They're just <clears> kind <throat> of chit chatting, and they oh, look yeah. over, and there's somebody standing at the edge of the bridge, and then the the person just starts running towards them. Mm -hmm. um what the fuck because because yeah. i think it's one of those things where it's in there for the audience right like it serves yeah. nothing for the actual story because if you have to think about it if you were if this were real and you were inside the plot of this movie there's no reason for that it means nothing it means nothing to kayla it means nothing to tyler they're just like, oh, that's weird. And then they get in the car. It's, yeah. it's just another thing to be creepy for our benefit. And yeah. it, I don't think that that was necessary because um, Tyler was in on it the whole time. So who mm -hmm. is this man and why did he do that? Because it didn't scare. Maybe if it had actually affected Kayla, like maybe if that had happened and then she was also on her guard after that or she also kind of felt like things were weird. But that's not the case. It happens, and then it's never spoken about again. Yeah. Um, I think I, they just saw Get Out do a run scene, and they were like, I could do that. And I they just started throwing in there. I could do that on a bridge. It worked yeah. for them. Why wouldn't it work for us, you know? But, yeah, it's just some random guy. And there's a couple of things like that in this movie of unresolved. I wouldn't even say they're plot points, because in the grand scheme of things, they don't mean a lot. But it's little moments where they happen and nothing comes from them and we don't learn anything more about them. And I don't need everything answered for me. You know, like I, mm -hmm. I don't I don't always agree when people are like, I wish everything got wrapped up. I don't think that's necessary. You can make your own decisions for certain things. But I do feel like particularly with Malik and as he starts to get a bit more unhinged thing, a lot of stuff happens and most of it I'm cool with because you know what? He's losing time. He's blanking out. Yeah. Whatever. I like I love I like that, though. I like the little mini time skips that he would have. Due yeah. To going on i for me they work they did work for me they work they work for me but some of them i they I, work I, but they, they work I, but they don't make sense some of the time like, like there's the, one there's one like couch shift one where didn't where like uh what's his face was visiting like the son of the old yeah. man that one i think was a little sus in terms of like well I, mm, actually I liked go, that one well go ahead with your point because that just made me think of something um, later the, on the photographs mm -hmm. um that was probably my biggest one is the thing with the photographs because first of all we don't even know how aaron got them mm -hmm. where did the photograph where were they like mm -hmm. and why aaron's just standing out by the lake staring at these polaroids that mm -hmm. were somewhere i guess in the house he finds them and it shows that malik uh, at one point in time, we guess, had sex with the the grandson. Mm -hmm. And it's that, I think, is the only one where I was like, but what? But okay, where? Wait, I'm very, I'm so happen? glad you brought that up because that's why I actually paused for a second. 
and thought about it where I was like, that scene made no fucking sense. How did he get those pictures? Mm -hmm. In the scene where he comes and visits, there is a time skip that feels very brief to us because it's just like the grandson moves from couch to couch. But thinking about it out loud, I wonder if during that time skip, that's when all of that stuff happened. You feel me? But but so then that means mm-hmm. that they were sitting on the couch mm-hmm. talking, mm-hmm. went and had sex, mm-hmm. got back into their clothes, mm-hmm. went back into that conversation. Mm-hmm. He was on the couch next to him crying and then Aaron walked in. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. It sounds like a lot, but I feel like that's what they were going for. I do. Because one, we know for a fact that they're trying to set Malik up. So it would kind of make sense in terms of like why the grandson would go over there in the first place. It would give that character a reason to be over there. Like he actually had a mission that he was trying to accomplish there. Mm -hmm. And then later on, at some point in the movie, they establish, I think it's when like he's taking a shower or something like that. They establish that sometimes these time skips can be for like hours at a time. Where, like, he feels like it's yeah. a minute, but it's been, Or even like, weeks. Later on, Or even, yeah, weeks. apparently weeks at some point. So whatever, because at some point, I guess they change, they get into his drugs and they change his medication to something else, which he finds out later. But yeah. whatever medication they're giving him is making him have these lapses of memory. Where I'm like, I think that's where they're trying to sneak in some of this stuff. And, you know, whether or not it works is, like, one thing. But it that was a point there that, as we were discussing, I thought about, I was like... That would make sense that that's when it happened. I feel like that's the only time where it could have happened. But it's, you know, I, I could see people calling that a stretch, myself included. Yeah, I, that and and honestly, that for me was the only one where it felt like a stretch. I, You know what it was? I think the the um the way that it was edited and the timing of it, honestly, was the thing that was the weirdest to me. Because mm-hmm. he comes inside he sees that his hard drive and his computer has like been taken apart. And so he he's like looking for Aaron and he sees Aaron out by the lake. He goes out and then it's the thing with the photographs. I think those should have been two separate moments. Mm-hmm. Like the computer should have been a separate thing and then the photograph should have been a separate thing. Yeah, because the way he didn't that seem un- to give a fuck that the computer was broken apart. Yeah, the, the way that it unfolds, I, I was like, did he find those things? inside of the computer you know what i mean like it felt it felt weird um so yeah that was the only thing is i think it was just the way that it unfolded just felt weird timing wise but um yeah i mean i guess they did have sex so obviously they did because because i mean they have those photos aren't fake yeah he's got (laughs) Whether or not we understand how those photos came to be, they exist. And it clearly shows him doing some sexy fun time with the grandson. Right. Um, Which, of course, creates this rift in our cherished couple of Aaron and Malik. Now Aaron fully does not trust Malik, and Malik is um, kind of left low on resources here. Because, like, now he doesn't have his computer anymore um Aaron doesn't want him in the house anymore and now anything that he really finds out regardless of what it is um it's going to be hard to convince Aaron that any of it's true so he's kind of stuck at that at this point in the movie right and and at this point he's like really spiraling out of control like he Mm -hmm. is 
I think he's st- he, at this point he's seen the spirals as well too. Like we do have this motif mm-hmm. of the, the spiral imagery, yeah. Right. So uh, it's also um right before that bit happens, he he figures out how to read the note. Mm-hmm. It's the it's that old get it wet trick. <laughs> Uh, so he has they to get the paper. And <laughs> they got us. Can you believe it? We fell for it again. So he has to get it wet, and then it's a bunch of different dates. He goes and oh, oh, and real quick, Joe. Sorry. Um, before we move into that direction, the thing with the bloody with the bloody ceiling. What was up there? I feel like I missed it. Like uh, whatever. They were like possums, I think. Is that what it was? Okay. Like I know it was like a bunch of dead like animals or something but yeah they were like possums or raccoons or something okay i was i was just i wanted to double check on that all right continue oh which is another okay that was the that was one time where i had where i said aaron baby now you know you know (laughs) you're being ridiculous because yeah there's there's possums up above kayla's room they're so bloody that they are bleeding through the ceiling onto her and obviously they have been killed like they're probably recently (laughs) how much yes with how much they are bleeding they have been killed like cut apart and aaron's like oh yeah you know they probably i don't remember what he says he thinks they got poisoned or like something and just died yeah come on now it's like oh does poison make you bleed out of every orifice i mean i guess it can but i just think that isn't that kind of weird to you dude that they're like dripping she's drenched in blood by the time they get in there Mm -hmm. um yeah that was one of the times where i was like erin uh i think you're kind of overlooking things here a little bit yeah Um, and also kayla too I, i feel like in kayla's position i'd be like okay so I just got covered in raccoon blood in this house. I think maybe you can find a different place to live. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to be that person, but yeah, like sorry to be dramatic or whatever. But can we move? Because I'm not gonna sleep, or at least move my bedroom. I'm not sleeping <laughs> here anymore. I don't need mm-hmm. this bloody pool of dead possums. Um. So yeah, he basically Malik goes and does a little bit of research, and he finds out that. There was a lesbian couple who lived there 10 years prior, and they were found in what was declared a murder-suicide in the house. Um, So he brings... This is... Okay, so I did like this, right? Because he brings this news to Aaron, Mm -hmm. and he's like, yo, um, Tiffany Tiffany and Marshall are... They're crooks. They're rats. They're snakes. Like, <laughs> why didn't they tell us? Why wouldn't they tell us that they're... Because when uh, they had spoken to Tiffany earlier, she basically implied that there had never been a same-sex couple um, that lived in that town. And so Malik is like, why wouldn't she tell us about this? Like, blah, blah, blah. And Aaron says, well, actually... They did tell me about this, and if you hung out with them, then, you know, maybe this is something you would have known, too. So I actually thought that that was pretty interesting, because yeah. it isn't a secret, at least not to Aaron. Aaron mm-hmm. knew this, and it's another one of those things that just kind of discredits Malik, because 
now Malik looks accusatory and he looks right. like he's trying to create issues. And Aaron's like, I've been new about this. <laughs> like yeah. I, they are open books. They're nice people. And so I, I did appreciate that because a lot of times in movies, he would have just shot Malik down and said, oh, no, no, like, uh, this isn't... I don't believe that. Yeah, or this doesn't matter. But no, it's like, yep, that is true, but it's not as big of a thing as you're making it seem. Yeah, I this that movie, cool. yeah, the movie likes Mr. X. This movie definitely likes Mr. X. And they do do a, one with Tyler as well, I think, in the, like, almost sex scene between him and um, Kayla. Kayla. Mm-hmm. Um, because even though, like, I feel like most of us still don't trust this trust this guy, but when they're about to have sex and she's like, oh, it's my first time, um, but I'm down to do it anyway. And he's like, no, 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 it's cool. Let's not do this right now. Like, I want it to be special. Mm-hmm. Like, even I was like, okay. All right, Tyler. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see you. I'm never going away from this. Thanks for telling me. I think we should wait. What's wrong? No, I didn't. I really do. It's just... I want it to be special. Um... He's playing, he's playing you like a fiddle rotator, don't you see? <laughs> like, I smell some stank here, but, you know, good play, good play, good move, <laughs> sir. Yeah, yeah, he plays it real cool. He's like, no, let's no, it's, it's fine, let's, uh, it'll be special. It'll be but, special for you, for us. Yeah. At this yeah. point now, we're, we're kind of in the thick of it, though, like, the... I think the plans are escalating. Like we're getting close to. He's noticed that it's it's like what a ten year mark in between these mm-hmm. things happening, and so like the ten year ten year mark is coming up um, for them like right now. And he's kind of like freaking out because he thinks that his family's in danger, but now he doesn't have any way to really intervene with this. So in a bit of a crazy state, while he's staying at a hotel or motel or holiday inn wherever he is he uh mm-hmm. decides to uh take some matters into his own hands after of course going through a full basically like mental breakdown yes and almost shooting a woman and almost... <laughs> that part that part had me stressed mm-hmm. because i knew i was like that's not that's a person yeah i i, I was worried that it was gonna be like aaron or kayla yeah, like, right, right, on right. the other side um, but yeah, cause he's completely hallucinating at this point. He is also seeing the ghost of the, the ghosts of who, the, the couple that was killed prior to them mm-hmm. moving in. And he also watches videotapes that they had left behind. And he realizes that not only are these people targeting the couple, but they're also targeting the kids because he found, he realized that they also had a, a teenage daughter. Yeah. Um, so. Something kind of related is the fact that when Malik was going through uh, Tracy and Marshall's house, he finds a picture that looks very suspiciously like their kid, um, Tyler. However, 
Marshall comes in and is like, oh, that's just my, like, you know, great, great, great ancestor or something or other mm -hmm. um, from long, long, long ago. But when we get to these tapes, um, Tyler is also in these tapes that are dated, I think, from 1985. Yeah. And he looks exactly the same yeah it has not it's, aged a fucking minute since a that minute video. it's it's giving very edward cullen because he looks exactly the same and not only that but in the videotape he is kind of flirting with their daughter in the same way that he has been flirting with kayla mm -hmm. and so obviously malik is shook to the core and he realizes now, oh, okay, this is, this is, this, like, this is going to happen soon. These people are obviously not, like, they're not totally just normal, regular people. Like, something weird is going on. And now Kayla is in danger. So he gets in the car and he whips it, like, all the way to the house. And when he gets there, there's a, party going on and so when he gets in and you see the party the way that things are unraveling the way these people are yucking it up in his face and everything's like all distorted you assume that this is like where everything's gonna happen that mm -hmm. maybe they're throwing this party because they're they're like it's a celebration bitches like we killed <laughs> them we did it 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 seems like that might be the case but then malik gets up and he sees aaron and aaron is acting like everything's fine and this is when he says oh it's been a week since you left so malik what what felt to him like one night was apparently a week of mm. time that he's just blink is gone <laughs> like nobody knows where it went for him um so this part had me stressed the fuck out this part had me stressed and i think the only other part that had me equally as stressed was when he broke into the old man's house and he mm -hmm. was just tiptoeing through his house that part had me nervous but this part in particular had me stressed and pressed because everybody in there is acting like everything's fine and dandy so malik once again is looking cuckoo bananas and he pulls out the gun on marshall mm -hmm. and shoots him yeah straight up like, right you know away what? fuck that <laughs> No hesitation, bang, 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 and <laughs> Marshall, Marshall falls out, and everybody <laughs> is reacting accordingly, reacting as if this is a horrible thing that has happened, and it pans over to the birthday cake that has now fallen on the floor, and we realize that it was Kayla's 16th birthday party that they were celebrating, which also, what the fuck, where, why were all these adults at her birthday party? Right. It's kind of weird. Kind she of fucking weird. only had Tyler. Like, I get that she hasn't had a chance to make friends yet, but yeah. like, okay. What a strange just, gathering for her yeah, birthday. How yeah. fun was that for her? Everybody was like doing the twist and then her and Tyler are upstairs making out the whole time, I guess. But I guess. if I was her, I would say, can we, it just be me, you and Tyler, dad? Like, <laughs> well, can you not invite all these people, please? <laughs> yeah, right. But I mean. Regardless, the situation still looks the way that it looks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Malik shoots shoots Marshall dead and mm -hmm. gets carted off to prison where I or jail, I should say. And so this is one of those movies that to me ends several times. And every <laughs> yeah, and every time it ends, 
I'm always like worried that another scene's gonna pop up and I'm gonna be like, fuck, this is about to get either better or worse. I don't know. Anytime it happens, I'm always just like, it can either be really good for this movie or this could sort of ruin the movie. Right. Um, but the first ending, you think, is Aaron coming to visit Malik and then them having a falling out when Malik finally talks to him about Liam. And I liked that Aaron knew why the Liam thing was was out of pocket, but didn't directly be like, oh, you're talking to your dead ex. Like, he knew. Right. And it was very clear that he knew. But the way it was written, he didn't just, like, outwardly say it. And I did like that. I like I... that there was a little bit of nuance to that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was handled very well. I actually really liked that conversation between them. It was it was nice because it was one of those things where it's obvious that Aaron still really cares about Malik and still really loves him and that this is really hard for both of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so this is when, as the audience, if it wasn't picked up before, you realize that Liam is no longer alive and and this is also when aaron says yeah me and kayla were leaving and malik is like thank god (laughs) like thank god for that um because that's really all he was trying to do throughout the movie was just to get them to leave um which he did ask a couple times he did ask aaron to just leave yeah quite a few times so that Um, sucks (laughs) yeah so that does suck but that happens you get that conversation with them and then I thought the movie was done. I don't know if it was just me, but I was like, all right, we're going to be left with this kind of like open-ended ending about was he really crazy? What was going on? But nope. No, the movie's still going because um, Aaron finally, (laughs) towards the end of the film, starts realizing that uh, something's a little off. He's He's finally on board with the idea that something's a little bit off about the things that are happening. I'm trying to remember how exactly this part played out. Because I know he's... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go for it. No, I was just going to say, so he gets home, checks on Kayla, and earlier in the movie, Malik had dropped one of the VHS tapes. That's what it was, yeah. Yes. So Aaron finds it, pops it in, and it starts playing at that same scene we had seen earlier with Tyler flirting with the other couple's daughter. It pops on that part, and so Aaron's like, say word, because he sees Tyler, and he's like, oh, okay, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> um, that's and weird. Yeah, he's like, that's weird, and then he starts hearing noises in the house, because from the audience perspective, we can see that they're in the house now, because mm-hmm. there's a shot of him, and there's like them standing in silhouette behind him. Um, yeah. So then he goes up, and he tries to get Kayla, but she... Her door is locked and she's not answering the door. And while all of this is happening, uh, Marshall rolls up, (laughs) resurrected, like guess who's back, and uh, just walks up to Malik in his cell. And this is basically like the... um, The villain monologue. The villain monologue, yeah, where he just kind of lays out. But I will say, he gives enough information but we still don't learn anything really about them. All we learn is that they live basically forever as long as they sacrifice like an, uh, people every 10 years. And they choose people who at that time in history 
are either like that as far as the public is concerned they're kind of what the public is either afraid of or what they're mistrustful of and so it just so happens that at this time in history that is people who are part of the uh community the gay community Mm -hmm. and so that's why they've been doing this with uh gay couples for the last couple of years and so yeah that's basically all we learn about them oh and they they're like cannibals (laughs) like they have to eat them yeah i guess was that was that stated did i miss that part did they like verbally say like yeah we got it but, wasn't stated, but I mean, Tyler sure is snacking on Kayla. Yeah, that's the thing. So Aaron finally gets inside the door um, after realizing that his house is now swarming with his a little less than friendly now neighbors. And uh, yeah, Tyler is straight making a Big Mac out mm-hmm. of uh, out of Kayla's insides. He yeah. is just chomping away at them. She is like, big dead. Like ribs. Yeah, she's got a big old hole. He has been eating for a while as well. So he's, yeah, he's he's, he's had he's been... <laughs> a four course meal by the time the airing gets in there. Um, so yeah, and it was at this point when I when Kayla was dead, I was like, oh yeah, they're all dying because ain't no way they're gonna kill Kayla and not have the entire family go down. But um, yeah. yeah, so basically they say that it we do not see Aaron and Malik get killed, but we do find out that once again they're gonna set it up so it looks like. Malik killed his family and then killed himself. Yeah, so which all of it was I would, I don't need to see it, but I would love to see the explanation to the police of like how Malik put a crater-sized hole in Kayla's stomach. But yeah. you know, for another movie, I and guess all of her organs were missing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe like they probably are the police. Their yeah, group. like anything that's happening in that little town seems to be just happening in that yeah. little town. Yeah, so they can just come out with a statement that says that maybe without yeah. actually needing the bodies. Because it yeah. definitely does seem like they like need the bodies. Like they need to intake the bodies in some manner. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that happens. And then once again, I thought the movie was over. I was feeling <laughs> pretty comfortably that the movie was going to be done. But no, there's still a little bit more. Um, because they have done the deed, our family loses, the house is being bought up by yet another family, um, this time seems like they're targeting, like, Middle Eastern and whatnot, just based on the climate at the time. Get it? Shouldn't, but get it. They, (laughs) the difference this time around, though, is before our boy Malik met his, what we can only assume to be untimely end, Mm -hmm. um, it is revealed that the reason that his computer got destroyed is because instead of doing the the job that he was supposed to be doing, he actually started fixating on what was happening on this town. And he was writing a piece about whatever random ritual they were performing and was going to release that. Unfortunately, his stuff got destroyed before he could. But what he did do was he burned all of his findings onto a CD and then replaced the CD that they listened to earlier with that blank disc and hit it in the uh, in the attic. Mm-hmm. So yep. n- so now we kind of end finally on this idea <laughs> that a new family is being trapped for this ten year ritual. However, if they can manage to find that CD, there is a ray of hope that they will be saved. Yes. 
And and when it ends, we are shown that the teenage girl in that family has crawled up into the crawl space and she shines a light on the CD. So she at least knows that it's there. I was just thinking about it. I was like, imagine she sees that and she's like, oh, I, I hate 80s music. And just like <laughs> closes the thing. It just leaves. <laughs> oh, no. Honestly, if they add, if they did a fourth ending, which was just that bit, I'd kind of be okay with it. Because <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, if I'm a teenage girl, am I going to crawl up into that crawl space to get that CD? Or am I just going to say, oh, they left a CD behind and leave it? Right. I mean, I don't know. Actually, I probably would because I, I you know, <laughs> I want to know if it was the one thing that's up there. That yeah. that's a very oddly placed CD. I'd probably go up there and get it. Yeah, and I feel like people are so interested in like, ooh, what was left behind from like, you know, the people that used to live here. Especially if I found out that there hadn't been anybody living there for a long time, I'd be like, ooh, I gotta see what's on this CD. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That that's the end. That is spiral. That is the end. And, but and I will say though, um, despite it having three to four endings, I did think that every ending actually added something that I was curious about. So it yeah. wasn't for not. Each time the screen went to black and faded back up, I was like, they're at least giving me more information that I'm cool with. Yeah, I actually liked. Yeah, I really enjoyed the ending. Honestly. Um... The last like 25 minutes of this movie, I really, really enjoyed. Not mm-hmm. to say I didn't enjoy the whole thing, but I just felt like it really picked up steam for that last bit. And um, oh, yeah, I liked how it ended. I don't know. I liked I liked his little ending speech and how we saw him like putting all that information together. And yeah. hopefully he'll be able to help the next family. Hopefully. We're hoping. We shall find. But yes, that is the <laughs> end of the movie. As a movie. Um, all right. Should we rate this? I think that we should. But the important question is, what do we rate it out of, Erica? I mean, we could rate it out of spirals. Um, we could rate it out of uh, 80s greatest hit CDs. We could rate it out of... What about just like burned CDs? You know what I mean? Like burned CDs that you... CDs? Yeah. Yeah, we could do that a burn CD. Or be, you know what? No, I take I take it back. Let's do let's do the eighties CDs one. Let's let's stay on let's stay on brand for this one. Eighties greatest hits CDs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That's gonna um, be so much fun to say. <laughs> I know. It's, it's super easy. It rolls off the tongue, honestly. <laughs> um, do you wanna go first? I can go first. Oh, uh, all right. I think I will give Spiral 2019, not to be confused with the last Spiral movie that just came out from the Book of Saw. Uh, <laughs> I will give this one 3.8 uh, greatest 80s dance hit CDs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, mostly for the fact that I, I enjoyed the mystery of this movie. The, they definitely misdirected me a couple times. It shot pretty beautifully, and I do think that it's pretty well acted. Like, there's no big egregious flaws with this movie, I feel like. However, it still, at the end of the day, to me, was, like, a fun watch, was passable, was good. Um, Knowing everything that I know now about the things that happened, I don't think I would watch it again. Like, it doesn't pull me in necessarily to be like, let me watch this again and figure out all the mysteries and stuff. Like, I'm kind of good. Um, But for, like, a straight first time watching, it was pretty good. So I give it a 3.8. 3.8, uh, what, what 80s, was it? 80s greatest hit CD. Great, 80s greatest hit <laughs> CD. <laughs> out of five. 
Okay. Um, I'm going to give this a 3.4 80s greatest hit CDs. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I enjoyed this movie. I liked the characters and I liked the ending of it a lot. It has some really, int- it has some really cool shots um, and they, you know, do some different things with the way that they set up the shots. The cinematography is nice. And the way that the story plays out is fine for me in most parts. But I will say I do think at times it was a little bit hard for me to be completely invested because I didn't always understand the decisions that characters were making, which isn't necessary. I don't always have to understand them. But I do think at a certain point got a little bit far-fetched for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the some of the things that they did for scares seemed really, really for the audience's benefit rather than to move the story along. Like some of the creepiness factor was more so for us than for the story itself. And uh, it was and so sometimes it just seemed a little weird or out of place. And and sometimes it seemed like it was meandering a little bit. But I did like the story, and I I really appreciated what they were trying to do and the story that they were trying to tell. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, three point four eighties greatest hit CDs out of five for me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and honestly, hearing you say it out loud, I, don't, I actually might shift my. I may I may say actually like a three point six. Instead okay. of three point eight, yeah, I don't yeah. normally falter on my thing, but it's it's one of those where like I don't want to do it so low that people don't like watch it because I do think it's good, but like it does have it does have some flaws that I yeah. think yeah talking out put, shine some light on yeah it does, but the the in my head homies I don't know if I've ever said this before in my opinion anything that at least for me anything I rate a three or a higher I always feel like is worth a watch. Anything lower than a three usually for me is like I do not recommend. <laughs> so I do think, you know, check this out if you would like um, or if this sounds interesting to you. It's on Shudder. Um, I don't know if it's on anything else. Uh, um, you can you can run it on Prime. On Prime. OK, mm-hmm. so so yeah, check this out if you have not seen it already. And if you have seen it, please let us know what you thought of it. Um, also, let us know what your theory is about that those polaroids because i'm really interested (laughs) in hearing Mm -hmm. some other some other ideas um so if you would like to discuss this movie with us you can always reach out to us through our social media we are homies of horror on everything or if you prefer you can always email us we are homies of horror at gmail.com you can email us uh recommendations requests or any business inquiries you have you can go ahead and just send them over to us there as always homies if you liked what you heard today let us know you can let us know on apple Podcasts if you would like to you can leave us a rating or a review it really really helps us out it helps other people get to see us it helps us get recommended to more people and we just like hearing from you guys so you know do that if you'd like if you feel it then do it <laughs> um this so one last thing that's a little bit different than normal for the next two mondays so this monday and the next monday we will not be streaming on twitch Mm-mm. we are taking a little break um but after that we will be back to our regular schedule 
of Monday night streaming. Maybe have some cool new changes for you. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so next two weeks we are taking off, but obviously we will announce in our episode when we are back again. But other than that, that's it for us, homies. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we will be seeing you next time. Catch you later, homies. Bye.